We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. Following, following the following is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the Podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's Journey into Comics 232. I am your host, Nate. Hope everybody's doing fantastic this Monday. You know, usually on this show, I get started with exciting, happy, try to bring some positivity and some light into the world. And, you know, it's very bizarre because I don't try to... this, the start of this episode is going to be a little bit weird, folks. Just, you're along for the fucking ride. Time to join. Like, it's now or never. Get off if you don't want to join this crazy train wreck of what's to come. We're going to cover a lot today, I promise. I'm going to be giving my full review of uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and what that movie means and what it means to me and, and some other things that happen. We're going to talk about who won Oscar awards tonight. And that importance, we're going to talk about this imaginary hate that exists right now. Well, it's not imaginary hate. The hate is real. It's just unnecessary, untargeted hate towards a movie that's coming out here very soon. Uh, so all those things are, are coming up, but we have some other shit to address. And I'm not in the, in the business of trying to call people out. I'm just going to give you guys the factual rundown of some shit that I recently encountered and why it really just affected me because it's not it's not anything that I'm usually interested in or any, any of these things. So... Uh, the the town that I grew up in is very fucking small. It's like six 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 thousand people. I think I've said it several times on this show. You guys probably know Hoopston, Illinois. Like it's it's my hometown. Um, there's one thing that I can tell you unequivocally without question. Like, go there, come back, be not living there for several years. Like I'm seven years not living there, and uh, it's like okay, well, what's uh. You, you know, like, what's changed? And perception has changed for me. I go there, and I can see things differently. I see everything with a different lens because I'm up here in northwest Indiana, away from people that I know. I kind of can move about unassumingly. People don't really pay attention to who the fuck I am. Like, I can go shopping, and I know I'm not going to really probably be bothered by anybody or run into anybody from high school that I have to spend 45 minutes entertaining with a weird-ass conversation. So, like, but also it's an attitude. And and I think it's interesting because I've been to several different places, and I try to pick up on the cultures of every little town we visit, all the different people we interact with, every place we've traveled to for different events, and... I kind of get this new sensation that I feel like everybody in every town almost has this elitist thing. And the smaller the town, the bigger the elitism, right? Because you could be a very, very, very large fish in a very tiny pond and feel amazing, okay? Or 
on the total flip side, you could be a moderately sized fish in a very large ocean doing okay for yourself, right? So what does all that have to do with anything that we're talking about today? Why am I starting here? What the fuck? What's the point? Why am I bringing up Hoopston and the elitism? It's all kind of random, Nate. What the fuck is going on? So let's get to it. So I'm hanging out on Facebook on Friday, and for some reason, I guess, trouble decides to find me. Not really. I'm just the inquisitive type, and that's very important to mention here. In this whole thing, I only ever had the intention of understanding the story, because it's the most important thing, I think, more than what is right and what is wrong. It's understanding perspectives, because I think that's how we all grow as individuals, is seeing everybody's side. I think that's one thing that in my life I try and, and sometimes I think it comes off as mansplaining and whatnot. I try to always explain where my headspace is when I make a decision or when I do something that maybe people possibly question my motives and whatnot. Uh, even in small stuff, it's silly. Like even in my decisions to like, I'm going to do this first and here's why because of X, Y, Z because I think it'll be a better thing. I like informing people of my my game plan. It just helps me to feel more secure that they understand my intent. So... uh I go into this just inquisitive. I want to know the situation. I see a post on Facebook, and it's a bunch of trucks outside my high school with American flags sticking out the back, and it's the most patriotic slash also very redneck thing I've ever seen. It screams Merca. It screams heritage. You know, it's just like a very loud statement, and at first I'm just like, ah. High school kids being dumb high school kids just putting fucking flags in their truck, man. There's one of those kids that isn't a high school kid anymore. He used to be, ran around with a fucking Confederate flag in the back of his truck too. So, you know, and, and I mean, not the not the final design of the Confederate flag, the the, the all-white design that they, they had there at the end. They don't sell that for some reason. I'm not really, I'm not really sure. Anyways, so we are, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this thing and I finally figure out that apparently there is a teacher at Hoopston High School who is refusing to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Okay. And immediately my first thought is why? Why is this man or woman, person, persons, uh, deciding to possibly show some form of protest by not standing with their class and doing a simple thing, like reciting the pledge. It's not that hard. We've all done it. Uh, it's not something that, you know, uh, necessarily everybody's particularly fond of doing, especially in the times we live in now and the kind of, like, almost dictatorship we quasi-live under. I mean, there are still some checks and balances, let's hope, folks. Anyways, but back to it. So, uh, teachers not standing for the pledge, and I put on this post... I said, what are the reasons? I need to know. I need to understand. Is this person uh, deciding to not to, to not to stand for inequality because they feel inequality in the workplace or inequality and injustice uh, because of their race or their their friends' races or or whatever the deal is? What's the reason? Are they just they're they're a dickhead? They don't give a fuck. They're they're like fuck you, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. What you know, like what's the reason? The reason matters. It does. It's not black and white. It's not like. He either stands or he doesn't, and if he doesn't, he's an asshole, and if he does, he's just like the rest of us. There's that, that doesn't exist. There has to be checks and balances on what we can do because, and this was one thing I kept bringing up, and I think that 
again, I'm a little, and I'm not trying to put anybody down. I don't want anybody who may be listening from my hometown to hear this and think, man, why does it got to act like that? Like, that's a shitty thing to say. But, like, they think very small-mindedly. They're very, oh, you stepped on my heritage. I'm going to fuck you up. Like, and that's really the thing. So, I, I, I'm I, at first, my first inquisition in this whole entire concept is why? And I found zero person that could give me an answer of why this teacher decided not to stand. So here's where things get more interesting because I want to dig a little bit further. So I got some people that are kind of talking like loose shit at me. They're just like internet trolls trying to be tough guys. And, you know, I could waste time calling out at least one person specifically that I went to high school with. They're literally their existence is not worth it to even bring to this show. So when I say they're a worthless piece of shit, they really genuinely are. And I'm not going to give them any more of my time. So uh, they were trying to like bully me and start shit. And, and it was really crazy because it was just like I'm sitting here trying to be the one who's the sense of the voice of reason, the voice of understanding, trying to get to the bottom of why. Why is the biggest fucking question. If you can't answer why, you have no right at all to speak on the matter A, B, or indifferent. If you don't know what the motive was, you can't talk about what your feelings are. Keep your opinion to yourself. So no one can answer why, and then it gets a little bit deeper. I see somebody posting about their kids and how I quote-unquote attacked them because I said they seemed like entitled good old boys because that's kind of what they came off as. All these kids trying to like, we're going to stand up against our teacher who's not doing this thing, but we can't tell you why. It just sounds fucking elitist like you're trying to you're you're fucking entitled little fucking brat who has not really experienced the world just because you live on a farm in the middle of fucking nowhere doesn't mean you know what's going on in the existence of all of humanity and you don't understand the bigger picture and what society outside of hoopston illinois is like because it's a lot harder than what a lot of these people think to make it and all these people that think they're billy badasses are tiny fucking fish in an even smaller fucking pond man and I hate to say it like that, but it's the truth. Hoopston, Illinois is not the center of the universe. It will never be the center of any universe. I'm sorry. It might upset some people to hear me say that. It might make people hate me. God forbid I don't show pride for where I went to school. God forbid I don't bleed the colors of where I was from. God forbid I don't look at the facts and I don't see how the people react and act. And I don't go, man, I don't want to be associated with them. I don't want to be proud of where I came from because where I came from is really tarnished with a lot of shitty things. There's a lot of darkness and a lot of fucked up things to be left uncovered. I mean, needless to say, uh, I was a little bit attacked. I think I think it did a really good job of staying pro. For the most part, there was a slip-up, which leads to our next part of the thing. So the slip-up comes from something a little bit more personal. This is something I've not ever really brought up on the show, so this is you guys learning a little bit more about me. So I am 17 years old. I'm thinking about the future of my life. Uh, I was unsure of what was going to happen. You know, I have to contemplate every decision. And part of me thought, man, it would be really fucking cool to follow in the footsteps of my grandparents, my grandfather, and my uncle, and my other uncle, who all served in the military. It would be really something honorable for me to do, to, to give my existence to that bigger cause for the nation, which at the time, if anybody in 2000 and 
three, four, five knows me, I was extremely patriotic. For Christ's sakes, the class ring that I had that was lost by a girl had three different fucking American flags on it because I loved the the concept of freedom and the concept of what the flag stood for and what you know you're supposed to believe in when you see the flag and and, and the freedoms that are supposed to come with it you know <clears throat> so I'm like man I'm going to consider joining the military and I made some calls and this is something that I didn't really even consult family or personal friends I just was inquiring you know at first and um I was talking to a naval officer and we were just discussing, chit-chatting things back and forth. I had had several recruit calls come in, by the way. Uh, National Guard had called. You had the Army had called. I don't think I got a Marines call, but I know I'd, I got a Navy call. And the Navy call was the one I was a little bit interested in. My cousin had done the Navy thing. Seemed like he had a mostly enjoyable experience, except for losing the tips of four of his fingers. That's a whole other story. Uh, but... Ultimately, I thought, uh, this is a, this is the choice for me. Like, this is something I'm going to actually consider. What do we need to do to go to, like, the next step and get a physical and all this stuff? And he says, okay, well, first things first, I have to actually, actually ask you the basic questions, things we haven't yet inquired about, maybe medical history and whatnot, just to see if we can move forward. And I'm like, okay, no problem, cool. He's talking about things. Do you take medication for anything? No, not really. Well, I do, because what do you take medication for? Well... Um, at the time, my doctor had only said that I was supposed to take extra strength migraine, uh, what is it, Excedrin, at the time, because uh, I was a kid, and uh, didn't want to prescribe me Vicodin then. Of course, waited a couple of years and totally loaded me up after that. But um, So they had me on the extra strength uh, Excedrin stuff. And I told him, I was like, I have chronic migraines, man. Like, I can get a chronic migraine. I can get a migraine from anything. Pressure changing outside to breathing in the wrong smell to breathing in too much dust to literally anything too much light in my eyes for a certain amount of time too much sound whatever it is too much motion motion swinging my head too fast certain sugars literally and immediately trigger migraines for me smoke cigarette smoke kills me migraine city so all these different factors and uh there was this guy on the post and he's like uh you know, I served in the military, and this is not what I fought for. And I was like, well, actually, you did, because you fought for everyone's right to choose what they believe in, the right to freedom. The word freedom is your choice. Choice is your freedom, right? So I was like, you know, yeah, I appreciate that. And he said, you didn't even serve. You don't even know. And I said, you know, honestly, you're right. I didn't serve, and I really wish I could have. It was very unfortunate, but this is the lot in life I was given, born with chronic migraines, that's all I said, you know, just left it simple and not trying to be shitty. I wasn't like, oh, fuck. This dude goes, sounds like a fucking excuse to me, snowflake. So I just said, fuck you, dude. And I straight up said, for, for you to actually have the balls to utter the words that my medical condition is something I fake, that the pain that I've gone through my whole entire life is faked, that I've spent time where I've missed moments with my family, missed my little sister's fucking graduation. I've missed all these other moments in time because fucking migraines, and you're going to tell me that they're faked? Yes, I lost it. I freaked the fuck out on this dude for a minute. It wasn't necessarily my shining moment, but I was very factual. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't defame him. I didn't call him an F-bomb. I said, fuck you once, 
And I told him that his comments were super fucking unwarranted and that I did hope that he spends the rest of his days experiencing the pains of migraines. Because until you've got one, you can tell. You can, I guarantee you there are people out here who are like, oh, yeah, Nate has migraines, I'm sure. You know, until you've experienced a migraine, you can't know. You physically can't understand what it's like to go through that, right? So that leads me to the next thing. So I lost on this guy a little bit. The thread kept going. I was very, I still, I, I didn't apologize to the dude, but I kept interacting with him and I tried to keep it pro. And like, I, I recognized he was an ex girlfriend's dad. And I was like, oh, you're the dad that she hated. Like, everything makes more sense now. You're an asshole. Like, of course you're going to be shitty to me. Like, it all makes more sense now. And uh, again, I got ganged up on a little bit more. And I was like, okay, like whatever, it do, it do, it doesn't bother me because I I maintained through the whole entire thing <clears throat> that I wanted to know the truth. So in 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 all that, the mother or the the wife, I guess rather, of the guy that was on the news talking about this situation with the the teacher that won't stand for the pledge, uh, she chimes in saying that I attacked her boys. I think I said that a minute, minute before, and. Uh, you know, I was like, well, I mean, I guess you're not wrong, but uh, really, I just want to know if your boys were in the class, if your boys were in there, why can't you tell me the name? If your boys were in that class, why can't they say the name? Why has this teacher not been outed or at least talked about why they decided to do this? Don't you think it would be fair, honest media reporting to have somebody get the other side of the story before we're just fucking torches and pitchforking this person that I don't even know? I'm like essentially defending an invisible person that has no knowledge of these people talking all this shit or saying all these crazy fucking things so i'm like all right you know it's fine i, I it's fine i tell the lady i'm like look if if how can they how can they not tell me the name and she goes because they weren't you know well they weren't in his, in his class they heard this and it's been spread through the school and many people know about it so wait you mean to tell me that a, a rumor started in a high school got media coverage in central illinois for a teacher who they still can't say who, in fact, decided not to stand for the pledge. It is crazy to me, asinine, that that small-ass town is so wrapped up in it. And I'm just trying to get the facts. And literally, you guys, here's the fact, too. I'm trying to get the facts because I'm like, fuck, I want to interview that person. I want to know the story straight up. I want to get the truth from the fucking horse's mouth. Why did you do this? What was the reason? If you have a good reason, man more power to you. If you're just doing it to be an asshole, well, you're kind of setting a bad example for the kids. But I think that setting a good example for fighting for what you believe in is way more important. And I want you guys to sit on this one for a minute. Fighting for what you believe in is way more important overall than following an order that is a tradition, right? The Pledge of Allegiance is a tradition. They changed that tradition in the 50s. used to be one nation, indivisible, liberty, and justice for all. Now they add the one nation under G.O.D. <clears throat> Let's get a quick drink break in here before we finish this up here because I'm starting to get a little of that, uh, what do you call it, vocal fry. We'll talk about that in a second too, some vocal fry talk. But one second, this drink break brought to you by Poor360 coming at you guys live tomorrow. I don't know what the topic will be. I'm sure it'll be an exciting one. And then in a couple weeks, or not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday, the first Wednesday in March, I do believe, 
Uh, foodies watching movies going to go into some detail on the Oscars. We did those tonight. You guys are going to get some information on that coming here soon. But let's get that drink break brought to you by Poor360. It was if it was as if all of a sudden a bunch of people went. Why is there no new JIC right now? Because it's twelve oh one, and I'm recording. I'm recording late. <clears throat> There's reasons. You guys will get into those soon. So uh, let's get back into this thing and the situation that went on, and just the kind of chain reaction of what my life is kind of like. I think this is good to give you guys sometimes a peek behind the veil because I have a lot of people who are my friends and my close friends, people who I interact with on a day to day basis. I don't talk about this shit with them. And a lot of that reason is I don't want to bring them the fuck down. It's dark, fucking weird shit that I've gone through. And everybody has shit, man. I'm not trying to play compare and contrast. Everybody's got their own shit. It's not a battle of, you know, yeah, but mine's bigger. It's not that. So I told you guys the story of this thread. I'm doing my thing Friday. And we're getting ready to leave for Lowell. And I check my phone. And the light's green. And I think, oh, he's messaging because... She was at work, and I was like, maybe she's saying she's about to be off. Ha, spoiler alert, that wasn't the case. So, I look at my phone, and it's my mom. She's she's sent me a message. For those of you who know, me and my mom have had an up and down, back and forth, rocky experience in life. And that's just the truth. I mean, that's just the utter truth. It has been the least the 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 least perfect relationship um, I've probably had um, with anyone who's essentially a parent or grandparent. She's kind of the the black sheep of this all in, the, in a weird, really weird way. Because uh, when I'm I was younger, like she, she I, all the little tiny shit is irrelevant to this situation right now because she messages me and she says that I really need to stop talking on that thread because it's embarrassing and she says I'm an embarrassment I was not thrilled I'd already been ganged up on by a bunch of people I don't really know and don't give a shit about about something when I'm actually trying to inquire the actual facts and not get into some sort of pointless ass fucking Trumpian arid fucking argument, which is exactly what that was becoming. I bring up a fact, they sling hate. I bring up another fact, they sling more hate and try to hurt my feelings. Like it was just like ridiculous. I was like, okay, so whatever. So she says I'm an embarrassment or and it's it's embarrassing or whatever. And honestly, you guys, enough is enough. This is the same reason that me and this woman stopped speaking in 2012 into 13 until recently. I mean, almost at like less than six months ago recently. Uh, I had been working on communicating with her more and trying to better myself so I could have my mother figure in my life, which I don't really have. And, you know, the, the very unfortunate thing is this situation just showed me who she was. She was sitting there reading all these comments, not coming to bat for her son, not saying, hey, yeah, he's got migraines for real. What the fuck? Why would you say that? That's mean. Don't do that. That's mean. That's not, that's not necessary. She wasn't coming to my aid because I didn't believe in what she was saying or believe in the fact that this person should not stand, whatever the fuck, that she had to feel the, the need to watch me getting beat up on, essentially through the internet, and come into my private message box and say, hey, 
you're embarrassing me, essentially. Fuck that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the last straw. The third strike in the ninth inning. That was it, folks. That's all she wrote. Because, see, my thing is this. You only have so many chances to fucking hurt me. And or or show me that you aren't really there for me or there to back me up. Here's the crazy thing. There are people who are my family that right now, I'm going to say they're my family. They might not even realize they're my family. And, well, they probably do, actually, because they know me. But, like, you look at people like Dick. You look at people like Nick and Tyler and AP and, and, and my, my friend circle like that. You know, like uh, the Patrick Murray's of the world. Like, those guys... They get it, and I just, they're family without having to say, but I know if I was ever in a fucked up situation, any of those people were around, they would have my back, as long as I wasn't being an asshole. And if I was being an asshole, they'll probably set me straight. That's the beautiful thing about them as friends. They're honest people. They're not fucking around, you know? They're my harshest critics and my best friends. Like, it's... It's a very special thing I have to, to not only have this network with those people, but to also have the the synergy with them and being able to kind of be uh, like, I believe that we all would stand for each other in any instance, you know, so this this pledge thing happens. My mom decides to come in my inbox and I had been already ganged up on and I unloaded and I let 26 years of pain that I had suppressed through not really talking about it, not really being healthy with it, not, um, I guess, not dealing with it is maybe a word, not really facing it, but facing it because it's always been there. You know, it's a thing that's kind of like, okay, so I don't want to trash or defame her because I don't think that's fair. I don't think that you know, maybe my perception is slightly different. So this is from kid perception, Nate, but eight year old me, which is the age that my parents split up feels, or at least did until a couple days ago, like I was a pawn and not a son to her. And I mean, in all reality, there are terrible things she had me or attempted to have me do. Um, or did in front of me at the expense of my dad that, uh, I mean, to this day, it just uh, burns in my skull. You know, well, uh, again, not really to this day, because it was to this day in time. I feel very relieved now because I, I said what I needed to say. You know, I told her all of the things, all the things she had done, all the games that were played at my expense. Uh, I'm not even going to get into them. Like I said, it's not worth it to get into them. Um, I let that out because I needed to. And I told her at the end of the conversation, which really was really one-sided in me, letting her have it and letting her understand that uh, I can't hold on to the pain of not having my mom. I need to accept the fact that I just don't really have a mom. And that's okay. I mean, it is okay. It is not everybody is lucky and has two parents. I just have to accept that, right? And that's and that's the way it all works out. So uh, I said at the end of it, I said, you know, I hope someday you'll look at me and just be like, man, I am actually proud of him and all the things he's done and he's accomplished and he's fought for and believed in and um, 
went to bat for and the kind of uh, morals he teaches to other people and the the example he sets. I just want to be, I mean, literally, and I said this too, I said the standard that I set for myself as far as what I want to be quote-unquote successful and what I will accept and what I will not accept, um, no one set the bar higher for me than me because of those people, because of my mom, because of people on her side of the family that um, have dark shit they've obviously never faced. And maybe someday they'll be courageous and face them and be able to face me. But I don't think that's going to be the case. And I think it's just something I need to accept. So I wanted to kind of let that out here because some of you guys saw a Facebook post I said about being called uh, being called an embarrassment and also talking about being bullied by a meathead from my school, which I was. This kid was younger than me, but he lifts weights all the fucking time and is a Chad Bro Chill 21 fucking incel type who still lives with his mom, uh, literally, uh, but also claims he's like successful. It, 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 it doesn't matter, but bully or not. Right. That was me getting a little jab back because I feel a little vilified because uh, this dude was just like trying to attack me and claim all this crazy shit. I'm like, you don't even know me that well, dude. You graduated the same class as my sister, man. Like, What? You don't know my story. You you don't know anything about what I'm doing in the world. How are you speaking on me when you don't know me? You know, so. Uh, it, that was really unfortunate, and uh, I just want to say that hopefully, if you're a listener of my show, you're not a bully, you're not an asshole, you're not out to uh, constantly fight and harm people. I am all for a good heated debate. I am all for great conversation and diving into the all of the possibilities of the world and uh, expressing your opinions in a constructive way. I do not believe that if someone brings a fact to your door, you should immediately sling shit at them um, as some sort of defense tactic because you know you can't out uh, you can't out tactic the facts. I guess is the way to say that. So, I want to take a sidebar here real quick before we swing into the into the comic book news of the show. Uh, let's just uh, not really what this. I don't know what we're gonna call this segment. This is keeping it real with Nate. So real quick, keeping a real Nate. One last social media thing happened, uh, and and this is not actually going to be anything like what you guys are expecting. This is me specifically, directly speaking, a factual thing of love to someone I care for, and I want them to understand my headspace so they don't ever feel awkward in the future. And it's better to just do it out in the open in the world. That way there's no misunderstanding of what I'm trying to say via text or whatever. You can hear it right here from my heart and my soul. So I posted a thing about some open carry thing and and how you shouldn't, uh, I feel like people are, uh, it's gross if you think that you need to open carry your weapon, visibly show your gun when you go to do things like go to the store or pick up kids from a daycare, things like that. Like you're not, first of all, you're not impressing anybody. Second of all, it doesn't make anyone feel safe. You actually literally make everyone on edge 10 times the fuck more. Genuinely, if I know a gun is in the room, I'm on edge. Sorry. But that is with respects to a few situations. 
If I know the person is an extremely talented, smart individual who handles the weapon with professional respect and courtesy and has a brain in their head enough to not be stupid with it, I don't have a concern, right? It's the flashy kids who go, hey, man, look at my gun. Ah, Bam, oops, fucking shot somebody down the road, you know, Jack, whatever. So, So speaking directly here, Tyler, I just want you to know, man, it's cool that you have always held and had a had a a weapon with you every time we've been in a room together. That's fine. It doesn't startle me. It doesn't scare me because you're smart. You are trusting. You are not irrational. You don't make it a big deal that you've ever had a gun. You've never even once said you had a gun, which means to me it's not something you try to like flaunt about like you're some sort of um, savior. Right? There's a difference because there are people in the world who think they need to have their guns out to show that they're going to be some God's gift to saving people. And they think they just want to secretly you know, have some sort of vendetta to kill somebody and get blood on their hands and prove that they, they could save lives. They want to have meaning to their life. And I get that. I respect the possibility. I also respect the possibility and the thought process of protecting your own. A couple things. You shouldn't put your family in a situation where you live in a shitty enough area. Not Tyler. I, that this is not me. This is me speaking in a generalization of the world. But like example, I live near Gary, Indiana. It's not. I don't live in Gary, but I live near Gary. If I lived in Gary, I would fear for my life a whole hell of a lot more than I do living where I live. But I know that if this area started to feel unsafe, I would decide intelligently. This is not a best place for us to stay. We should move and do something better because no amount of having a gun or not having a gun is going to prepare you for something you're not prepared for. You could think, oh, sure. I mean, and of course, it's great. It's beautiful. I love it seeing online a stranger save the day, a concealed carry guy save the day. There was some dude who was going to shoot up a place and this guy got to him first. It's cool. Fuck yes. Please keep doing that and saving people. It's great. I don't need the overheroics, though, and I think that's the thing that I was trying to get back to on that post is, like, there are places where people can literally walk around with their gun flaunted, and it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't do it for me. It's not important, you know. Uh, personally, I don't trust myself with a gun. Uh, I don't trust that mentally I can handle um, being in a darker moment than I've been in my life in different situations and thinking, well, if I would have had a gun, then it, maybe I wouldn't be here, you know, and, and that's just the reality. Uh, so extreme lows, maybe that's just not smart. I don't want to tempt fate. I don't want to even play that game because that I don't want, I don't want that to be how this story ends. I don't want you guys to be like, man, Nate was fucking cool, but dot, dot, dot. Why did he do it? You know, like that's, I don't leave y'all with that shit. That's not that's not what I'm here for. So anyways, that's the weird crazy drama shit. Tyler, I love you. You're my fucking brother. And you know what, man? Like honestly, I'm grateful that you do carry a weapon with you because you are a smart individual because you will keep us safe. But it is the other morons yet again to just to reiterate that fact that terrify me more than anything. You know, and I think that 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 comes back to the laws and how I feel we need to have more honest and strict gun laws. We need to have better mental health testing. We need to take our mental health as a nation seriously and seriously address people who are 
not mentally well and try to find actual results to help cure them instead of just putting them on a drug train that makes them become addicted, which puts them in a different situation. It's a never-ending downward spiral. Then they get off the drugs. They think they're free, and then they free themselves in a different manner because they can't escape. You create a prison either way you slice it for these people. You have to give them a better alternative. Find hope, find reason, find uh, existence, man. I mean, really, you know, I've considered like it's 15 or 20 years, who knows, down the road, I'm not going to always do podcasting, obviously. At some point, I will have to hang up the hat, you know. Who knows when that day will come, but I want, uh, you know, I just want everyone to be just know that you guys have to be kind I guess is the way to say it like caring for each other thinking about the bigger picture of life and not just you you know think about everything as a whole so I'm just I'm kind of rambling now I'm going to get back into the real part of the show the show the reason you guys came here it's some comic book news I don't want to drive my listeners away people are like well he's great but he doesn't talk about comic book news I'm going to talk about it I'm talking about it now I got some DC news I'm pretty excited to dish on it uh, I'm covering Marvel at the end this week because I got a big one, but it's worth it. Trust me. So here's some DC news for you folks as the flash has officially made it officially, officially official. I just wanted to say that for some reason. I'm not really sure, but Godspeed is going to debut on the CW show eventually sometime this season, a picture of Godspeed showing up. Uh, on wire work, and man, I tell you, the suit looks bitching in the kitchen. White and gold is the way to go. Uh, Godspeed is an interesting character. I really, really hope they actually do his origin story. It would be really fucking cool to see that done, like, right. Uh, Because he's like, he, the, um... I want to say his name is Angus, but that's not right. Anthony, that's not right either. I can't remember the guy who actually is Godspeed. I'm fucking up his name. George or something. I don't know what it is. But uh, he essentially gets struck by lightning, and then he kind of becomes obsessed that the Flash isn't doing enough, and he gets faster and faster, and then he has the ability to take the speed force from people. He kind of becomes like death of flashes he can just like suck the life force out of them and it makes him fast oh it's like it's kind of also zoomy i mean there's like a lot of different elements to godspeed so i'm not sure how they're going to introduce him in the flash show and admittedly i'm literally the whole entire season of the flash behind i think right now it's like the the mid-season mid-season break like the little february jaunt they do where they take a couple weeks off maybe i can try to catch us up i don't know it's like 15 episodes or something i'm behind so uh, but I've done it before. It was weird. A couple seasons ago, like season two, for some reason I missed several in a row and then just like, bam, powered through and was like, oh my God, this is the best season. One of this, it, it was like, go back and listen to JIC's back in the past. Somewhere in there, I lapsed for a little bit and then caught up on the flash and it was all worth it. So, uh, it's really exciting that they're going to bring Godspeed. Of course, he debuted in uh, Rebirth number one, and then like I think they actually revealed who it was in five, re, uh, Flash Rebirth five, 
and then they, I mean, they told really, really, really dark stories with Godspeed. It would be, re- it's going to be really interesting if they actually try to do that on the silver screen here. So more DC news, and this is, uh, you know, this is one big topic we're going to talk about today. So I'm getting to it early because it's a, it's a little bit of a long tangenty thing. So I'm going to do a little bit of setup here. Uh, in a couple weeks, Captain Marvel comes out. The movie is not out yet. There are very, very, very few screenings. You have to be someone who is worthy of getting a press pass to see a screening to be able to then write a review that you are not able to even put out until they remove the embargo for reviews, okay? So there are people claiming they've seen Captain Marvel. They're claiming the movie's shit. They're saying it's bad, all these things, giving it terrible reviews. As of right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it is the lowest rated Rotten Tomatoes scored Marvel movie, just now beating apparently Black Panther. So what does this mean? It means a bunch of internet trolls, we call them Comics Gate dickheads, uh, have decided to try to bombard Captain Marvel with bad reviews, man. We'll tell people the movie sucks and then they won't go see it. No, you're just showing people that you're an asshole and you don't want to include girls, which makes you the most kind of fucked up. You're so insecure that you don't want superheroes to be female that are powerful. Come on, man. But then there's this other deeper layer. Maybe that's not it. Maybe it's not because she's a woman. Maybe it's because there's this fake, invisible beef that doesn't even exist. It's not going to exist. Don't peddle it as existing. See, because back in the day, there was a, comic book called Captain Marvel by DC Comics. Captain Marvel eventually becomes Shazam. Shazam's got a movie with Zachary Levi coming out soon. Brie Larson is Captain Marvel, the Marvel Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers first appearing as Carol Danvers uh, with the Captain Marvel gear uh, as she has these new powers in Avenging Spider-Man number nine. But ultimately, you have... Two movies that have nothing to do with each other. There's no real similarity to Captain Marvel and Shazam, even though Shazam used to be called Captain Marvel. It's just a coincidence. There's not beef, though, right? But these comics gate dudes are suggesting, don't go see Captain Marvel. It's bad. You rather should go see Shazam. Like, they're trying to hype Shazam. And really, it just looks bad. It's really bad. I really hope Rotten Tomatoes fixes this issue. So I'm going to get into what I really think in a second. Before that, though, I'm going to actually let the man himself, Zachary Levi, speak because he went on his Instagram a couple days ago or yesterday to actually tell people what he thinks about this whole situation. So, Zach, take it away. This is from Zachary Levi's Instagram account. Out there. Uh, making a There are people out there. Here we go. Uh, making a lot of like really uh, inflammatory, uh, defamatory, um, uh, um, and and but and completely fictitious uh, uh, like reviews and posts of Brie Larson's Captain Marvel and some like trying to pit Shazam against it and you know, saying they're going to support us and not them because of things that they are, by the way, making up, things that they're saying they saw some screening and this, that, or the other is in the movie. Um, that I just found this out last night, and I, for anyone out there who 
thinks you're doing me a favor or you're doing Shazam a favor or you're doing Warner Brothers or what, you're not. This is not helping anyone or anything. Uh, There is no competition. (laughs) Just because Shazam used to be called Captain Marvel way back in the day doesn't mean that somehow Brie or Marvel's Captain Marvel are pitted against us. We're Sure, we're both movies and we're both going to be out in theaters at similar times. And the irony of, of that timing is is really interesting for sure. But there is no conspiracy, guys. You need anyone out there who's holding on to some bone like they need to t- pick a side and pick a fight is sorely mistaken. And uh, I really hope that you'll just chill on that don't don't go and engage in that type of behavior anymore if you want to be passionate about either movie rock and roll if you want to be passionate about both both movies rock and roll um uh but but going this is really low blow type of stuff to to be going and lying first of all is just you know the bottom of the barrel to me but to be lying in an attempt to discredit or defame somebody I think is just really sad. So, yeah, man, it's crazy. I, I really loved what Zachary Levi was talking about there. There's no invisible war. There's no fighting. There's no reason to be doing this. The whole entire Comics Gate movement needs to stop. And I think it starts with fans who aren't a part of Comics Gate becoming educated and then also advocating that this stops. What I mean by that is, uh, you know, learn, if you don't know already, all about the Comics Gate drama. I covered it way back, JIC something or other. It's in the annals of time. You can find it. It's like called Kamikaze Comics Gate, I think was the episode 206 or something. So I covered in detail kind of like what they do. They talk shit. They don't want inclusion of other races or females or LGBTQ, anything that is not essentially a white man they can't handle in their fucking comics. And it drives me fucking bonkers. If everybody is a part of comics, it makes comics way more fucking enjoyable because you get to interact with them and they get to interact with them and everybody's having a good time and talking about all these fucking things we all love instead of talking about shit we hate on each other and being shitty to each other all the time, right? So I I really think that, look, if you are pro-comicsgate from the podfather, fuck you. I'm just going to say it. Fuck you. Really, genuinely, I mean that because you're ruining the whole entire point of comic books, which is for anybody to pick up a book and read and get lost in a story and forget who they are and become those characters and envision the experience of those stories in a bigger, grandiose scale and just be in those worlds, you know? So ultimately, I think Comicsgate. If you're a supporter of it, please stop. Consider what you're doing. Really take a look at what you're doing. It's not fun. It's not funny. You're not making America great again. You're not making comics great again. You're not doing anything but just making people hurt for no reason. You're trying to bombard Brie Larson's movie that's coming out. Like, what if it's fucking fantastic and you have to eat your words? Then you just look like an asshole who lied, who also then saw the movie anyways. Like, come on now. What happened to honor and dignity and just, like, sticking to your guns? I love this movie. I'm going to go check it out. You know what's cool? 
I can't wait to see Shazam. Like you guys are probably like, oh, Nate's going to shit on Shazam. No, I'm really excited to see that movie. I hope it fucking delivers. I hope it brings the bacon. I hope I leave that theater going, fuck, I want to be Shazam. Make me nine years old again so I can become Shazam and yell Shazam and have a cape and fly. Like That would be fucking amazing. But no. You know, I don't know what is coming from that movie. I'm I'm excited to see the possibility. I really genuinely am. So, Captain Marvel's coming out. You've got uh, Shazam coming out. A very awesome time for comic book movie fans. Not necessarily an awesome time, though, if you like the comic book television shows as the Netflix axing has officially the snapping has ended on netflix and there was a zero percent survival rate jessica jones gone punisher gone nothing is being picked up by netflix disney fox marvel whoever the fuck owns the rights they've decided they're not doing it they're not bringing it back they have other plans. Maybe there's the Disney Plus streaming service. Who knows? John Bernthal, though, it's funny. He's kind of got like this like attitude going on. He's a little chip on his shoulder. He saw that you know when Daredevil season three after season three had been canceled, he was like, "That was the best season of television." They canceled that. We have no chance. Uh, you know, he's this really kind of chill guy, but he got a little bit upset because Eminem came to the bat of of the Punisher and was like, "You guys fucked up for." cutting that show that that was a mistake and john bernthal's like why didn't you say that before why couldn't you come out and be like man i fucking love this shit y'all should check it and that's the thing and that brings me to my next major point if you are a fan or friend who is a part of the arts and the experience or you have friends who do things that are bigger than themselves in music or podcasting or whatever it is drawing, painting, creating, doing woodwork, whatever it is, uh, uh, making amazing tapestries, whatever it happens to be, support each other, right? That's the whole point. This is the thing that pisses me off more than anything in the world in regards to the supporting of the arts and the lack thereof in the community of this. And, And some people are guilty of this, really guilty. I see some people on my friends list who spend two, three, four hundred dollars to do meet and greets for major bands. Bands that have already made it. Okay, bands that are famous as fuck. Your Metallicas, your Slayers or whatever, you know, things like that. Your, you know, Justin Timberlakes as it were. And they won't go down the street, spend $5 at a bar, $10 for a couple drinks, to watch their buddy, try to live the dream, right? And if everybody had that mentality of just like, man, one night a week I'm going to go out and try to see a show that I, I, you know, or go support a friend or go visit or go make a crazy appearance and see some people I haven't seen in a minute. Like, you will better the scene and the, and the, and the, the artists that are living in that. You know, art needs people enjoying it to survive. And people think nowadays enjoying it is sitting on the internet and going, oh, it's good. Yeah. And then reacting and being done. And that's fun and all, but you need to be in it more. If you have an artist friend, buy something from them. For God's sake, just give them $10. They'll love you. You know, if you have a musician's uh, musician friend, not a musician's friend, but a musician friend, and you can 
house them when they're coming through your town or feed them when they're coming through your town or smoke them out when they're coming through your town or drink them up when they're coming through your town or whatever the fuck it is you want to do when they're coming around. Your friends, when they're there, if you give them that little bit of love, man, it will mean something and you will create lasting bonds that are forever. And then if those people make it, you're a part of their story because you are integral to their evolution, their growth, and their uprising. And that's just a fact, man. And that's just the way it is. If you support big-time things and spend your money on things that are super lavish and meeting famous and rich people, but you don't support your friends, you're kind of an asshole. It really sucks. And you really should consider that while you're enjoying, oh, I'm bucket list, I've, I met Metallica, but when you met Metallica 3, 4, 17, 376 times, or Kiss, or whoever the fuck it is, you're buying your meet and greets for multiple times, trying to strike up a fake friendship because you're paying money to meet these people, they don't care enough about you, no offense, they aren't going to be like, well, this person's a meet and greeter who's been here 77 times, we should just make friends with them. It doesn't really happen often like that. Like there's a very, you have to be a very small percentage of person to kind of get into that kind of window. And I think a lot of people get lost in that buying their affection of a band. It's strange, you know, buy the affection of your bands that you're friends with and they'll rise up. And then when they're famous, they'll bring you on their fucking tours and you'll hang out with them. You don't have to pay for shit. You get to watch other people pay for their shit and you get to hang out in the entourage, motherfucker. But you're missing it. You're missing the whole thing. So that's my thing on supporting the arts. And and, and I, I thought it was interesting that Eminem came to the defense of the Punisher show that is no more. And then John Bernthal was like, thanks, asshole, for doing it after the fact. Needed you beforehand, bud. I mean, he didn't really say that. But in a roundabout way, he kind of was like, it would have been better if you would have said this before. You have way more audience. You probably would have guaranteed we'd not get canceled. I don't know. Maybe that's not true. So, uh, there is this, uh, they've been doing the press circuit for Captain Marvel. We were talking about Captain Marvel a minute ago with Comics Gate stuff. With the press junket that they've been doing on Captain Marvel, Kevin Feige's been asked a lot of questions. He's been answering some questions. One of the questions that was asked of him, though, was, is there a chance you could see a glimpse of the X-Men or Fantastic Four in the post credit scenes of the Avenger Endgame movie? And here's what he said. With the merger still yet complete, Marvel won't be allowed to put any teases into April's Endgame. But let's just say if we were to catch even a glimpse of a silver surfboard in the post credit scene of Avenger Endgame, uh, well, it might be the most cheerworthy and thematically fitting final moment since Nick Fury first told Tony Stark he'd just become part of a bigger universe. While the chances are slim, I think, uh, you know, it's possible. It, it, But I think that it definitely hinges on this deal getting done. I know that there is big moving forward. Uh, they've decided to dissolve some of the properties in Brazil and Mexico and those territories. They have buyers for those uh, smaller things that Fox Sports and whatnot. They have to get rid of all that shit in order to make this deal go through. And they have to hit regulations and go through every regulation around the globe because their market is worldwide. So uh, AP on his episode last week covered the merger, antitrust, what it means and whatnot, the goods, the bads, the indifference. I'm not going to retort to that. I thought it was a great episode. It's a really nice insight if you want to know the behind the scenes of how all that operates and why it's going on. He did a really great job of like breaking it down and giving you guys some good uh, insight. 
I'm going to cover a small news thing because we've only got a couple uh, topics left to discuss here on today's show. And, you know, we're actually doing quite good on time. I know I talked a little bit longer than you guys probably expected to about stuff that was maybe, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are going to think about this episode. I told you early on, if you don't want to be on the fucking train to get off, hopefully you're enjoying the ride wherever you are, whatever you're doing. So... Uh, you know, before we get into the big Marvel news that's coming, we have a possible report here. I don't really cover a lot of gaming news, but according to a new report that said that uh, Xbox Game Pass will be coming to Nintendo Switch, meaning you can play Xbox One games online against people with your Nintendo Switch. Uh, apparently, there is a French outlet, Jedu Video, um, that has confirmed that Xbox and Nintendo are teaming up for some big first-party games coming to the console. Talking about games such as coming to the Nintendo Switch, possibly. It's not yet confirmed. These are just rumors, but I, they're, 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 I'm like chopping at the bit to talk about it. Report that they said Halo, Gears of War, and this is the one that I'm most excited about, Cuphead could be coming to Nintendo Switch. Are you fucking kidding me? Mobile Cuphead on the go. I'm all about that life. I love that game. I did not beat that game. I was playing on PC. It was very hard on PC. I think I would do much better in a handheld setting. Uh, it's not an easy game, folks. You have to be really good. Every level in Cuphead is a boss battle. It's not... Like, oh, you do a level and then you fight a boss. No, every level is the boss battle, the whole boss battle. Three stages every time each fight you go into is epic as shit. It is an amazing game. If you've not yet played it and you do have an Xbox One or a Steam account is another way you can play it. That's how I played it with a Steam account. Check out Cuphead, and if you if you got a Nintendo Switch, keep your eyes peeled because it might be coming to the system soon. Let's just keep uh, let's keep on trucking here, you guys. Now we've got two things to talk about, and first of all, let's talk about a history making. As Black Panther has officially won the most Oscars in the history of superhero movies, it has got. Let's see, three. It won three Oscars this night. Black Panther won the bet the Oscar for best costumes, best production design and best original score. Okay? So, it took home 3 Oscars. It has the most Oscars of a superhero movie. Congratulations to Ryan Coogler, the cast of Black Panther. I think it is well deserved. I think some people might shite on that and claim that it was shoddy CGI or a bad story or whatever. I think the story is glorious. I think it doesn't matter what uh, creed of person is uh, in the story of Black Panther. Uh, No matter what your viewpoints on inclusiveness are. You could take the Black Panther story and put it to any race, any genre, any kind of person, and an uprising story like that, and it would work. It would be amazing, and that's what makes it work. That's what made it an amazing movie. When you can transcend it being a superhero movie and shake off that there was much superhero to that movie, that's when you know you have a genuinely brilliant film. I agree best costumes. I think that's beautiful. The suit for Panther was amazing. All the different outfits of Wakanda were beautiful. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's slight nod to Vegeta was brilliant. Uh, just everything about that. And then you, you talk about the the other thing they won on, which was the 
uh, best production design, you know, just designing interesting things to look at throughout the movie as you're as as you're a part of this journey it was it's it, beautiful and then of course best original score it was amazing it flows it has its own energy it sounds like you're listening to a new country's music wakanda you're like listening to the soundtrack of wakanda not very many people can pull off create your own kind of sub sound of sounds so really cool to see black panther pull this off it was much overdue. They did not take home best picture. That went to Green Book. Uh, but you know what? I think that Black Panther showed Marvel can make top-tier movies and that they are a actual force to be reckoned with. Uh, so, and, and speaking on that, this is not. these are not the only Oscars that Marvel took home as there's another big one. And here's a crazy thing about it, folks. I intended on talking about this movie regardless of what happened tonight at the Oscars. I, in my head, said maybe there's a chance this movie wins, but maybe there's a chance it doesn't win. Who knows? It's going up against some stiff competition. So last night, I co- coerced the girls. I said, look, I fucking waited long enough. We're watching Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. We have to do it. We're watching Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Let's go. I have to do it. We have to watch it now. Let's go. Let's watch it. Please, can we watch it? Please, please, let's watch it. Let's watch it. Okay, let's watch it. And V's like, I don't really care to watch this movie. I'm not really into it that much. I don't really want to watch a fucking superhero movie, that kind of thing. And I'm like, please, just trust me. Like, it's supposed to be the best animated movie. Like, if it was a shitty movie, how can it be best animated movie? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Just trust me. It's going to be good. So we finally sit down and we put it on. And I was literally just blown away from the opening seconds of the movie to the end credits. The movie made me laugh. It made me smile. It made me feel like a kid watching a Spider-Man animated series on Fox. It gave me... Um, just brilliant visuals from the different creative animation style in in and of itself. It broke the fourth wall a little bit, which was creative. Uh, The story was amazing and outside the bounds of what you would expect. And uh, V told me when the movie was over, she said, that was fucking awesome. And I actually forgot it was a superhero movie. It was really really that good like it was amazing and yeah that's my review as well is it was absolutely stunning uh i'm not i'm not going to give into spoilers at all on this this is one of those movies that you need to see and experience for yourself here's the thing uh if you have the spider-man lens on and you really know your spider-man history like i do and you're really into it this movie gives you thousands of moments in time that you just squee. Oh my God, I can't believe we saw that. Oh my God, I can't believe we saw that. Uh, I will touch on the Stanley cameo. I think it is very important to talk on this because it was something I was not ready for, okay? And I don't know how I'm going to do on this. I, uh, I cried last week on the podcast. Try not to do it this week. Maybe you guys didn't notice I cried last week, but uh, I don't give a goddamn. I did. Uh, so I, when I was talking about Electra, so, uh, I'm watching Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and the Stan Lee cameo happens and his, his first three words literally made me weep. 
I broke into tears and ran out of the room. I couldn't. It was just a, it was a really overwhelming and powerful moment. You know, this is the first Marvel movie cameo of Stanley since his death that I'm witnessing. And I know the movie's been out for a while. Some of you are like, we've already seen the fucking movie, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. This is me giving my review now. So the Stanley cameo, I'm not I was not ready for. Like just in the moment with everything else going on, his line, it broke me. And then just to like reflect on the life of Stanley again and just to think about the moments that this guy gave all of us. Uh it was man, it was hardcore. It fucking hit me in the feels, KO'd punched. Uh I rewatched the movie today and I did not break down into a sobbing, weeping mess. I had complete composure and watched it and enjoyed it and actually got to see the rest of the scene that I had missed, which was uh, was pretty good. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was just like a beautiful thing for them to go out on with Stan for, for that specific cameo anyways. Uh, the story is beautiful because it features Peter Parker it features Miles Morales. It features Gwen Stacy. It features Penny Parker, uh, Peter Porker, uh, Spider-Man Noir. Like it just hits all the different notes. Lots of different callbacks to certain villains. They actually put the Prowler in this movie, and the, that was another thing. I know my history of Spider-Man. They introduced the Prowler in the movie. Before he is revealed as the Prowler, I did not mark out. I, I maintained composure because I don't want to spoil it for Sarah or V. I wanted them to be like, you know, blissfully surprised. So Prowler shows up, and I know who's under the mask. They don't. And literally, they were genuinely shocked. We weren't expecting that. Couldn't I didn't see that coming. You know, I was I wasn't ready for that. I was just, I thought it was probably going to be some random guy, and it was amazing. You know, the story's super good. I think the uh, the embattled Peter Parker and his uh, fall from grace, I guess, is a way to say that. Uh, you look at your Miles Morales and his story and his having to accept his responsibility with his powers I loved the origin story of how they gave him the powers with the bite and whatnot again I'm not gonna break it down and give you guys any of the spoilery bits uh, I will say they gave brilliant homages to uh, all, all the Spider-Man movies including using audio from the first uh, first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire using the OG Ben Parker uh, was that Sam Robertson or uh, Dan Robertson? I can't remember that guy's name. Sam Wellington. I don't know what the fuck his name was, but whatever that guy's name was that played OG Ben Parker in Tobey Maguire's universe, his with great power comes great responsibility line is in the movie, and it was like, oh my fucking God, you gave it to me. And then there's like actual scene-by-scene scene homages to other moments in the Spider-Man history of cinematic world times. Uh this movie's brilliantly done again to touch on the art style it's just uh outside of anything you've seen before i think that's why it ultimately did what it did which was tonight it won best animated feature at the academy awards 
So Phil Ward, Christopher Miller, Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rothman, and Bob Perchetti. Congrats to you guys. Of course, Phil Ward and Chris Miller, how about this shit? They uh, were snubbed back in 2015 for Lego Movie. A lot of people thought they were going to win Best Animated for that. That year, they did not. They were supposed to, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, direct the solo movie. They were fired. That movie kind of, we'll say it quasi-tanked. I liked the movie, but according to box office numbers, it wasn't really that good. Uh, Then, here we are in 2018, going into 2019, 91st Academy Awards, and Phil Lord and Chris Miller win Into the Spider-Verse Best Animated Movie up against Isle of Dogs and Incredibles 2 and... Uh, Mirai and Ralph Breaks the Internet, which I finally saw that as well. It was good. But uh, I, after seeing every single movie on the animated list except for Mirai, which I am going to check out, uh, yeah, I tell you, this is hands down the best animated movie maybe of all time. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is worth it. If uh, you have an opportunity to pick it up here in a few short weeks when it comes out, go get it on Blu-ray immediately. You're going to be so happy you did. It is well worth it. It's a great movie, great experience. It will give you all kinds of feels. It will make you laugh. It will make you sad. It will make you confused. It will give you moments of interesting bliss. You'll go, oh my God, I know that voice. You'll be immediately submerged into this world. It is a totally different experience, unlike anything you've ever seen. I want to say that might be my best review of a Spider-Man movie. It might, hands down, be the best Spider-Man movie of all time as well. And no offense to the amazing experience that was Spider-Man Homecoming and what Tom Holland has been able to do and will continue to do. But this is Miles Morales' story, and let me tell you what. They did it to the fucking nines, and I'm so happy Miles got the story. I would have loved to see this as live action as well. That's honestly the truth. It would have made for an amazing live action film all the same. So, all right, well, uh, with that, Into the Spider-Verse wins the best animated feature Oscar this year, you know, and and really quickly though, I want to mention, it's really funny because Into the Spider-Verse was a storyline they did in like 2015, I want to say, in the Marvel comics, I collected them, I have all of them, but they did Edge of Spider-Verse, which was a story that was like the story leading up to Into the Spider-Verse, Edge of Spider-Verse introduced a lot of characters, it introduced Spider-Man Noir, Gwen Stacy's Spider-Gwen, which gets renamed Spider-Woman in this movie, but I digress. Uh, You get introduced to Penny Parker, right? You don't get introduced to Peter Porker. He's an older character, but I digress. This comic that they had was this five-part comic introduced all these different characters into the Spider-Verse before they did into the Spider-Verse, Edge of Spider-Verse, some some of the best first appearances and, and and obviously create a higher dollar comic just because they are higher first appearances. I know that uh, Spider-Gwen is one of the most successful modern created Marvel comic characters in history. And uh, she immediately, her first appearance, which is a book that's less than five years old, is already at $200. So that tells you people are buying into the Spider-Gwen story or... Spider-Woman, Gwen Stacy, whatever you want to call it. It was really well done in the movie. I loved it. The music was great. Everything was good. It had creepy factors to it. 
the whole Spider-Verse crashing into its world. Like the villain choices were excellent. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say this. Into the Spider-Verse is a five out of five suggested by the Podfather. You must, if you are a fan of Spider-Man at all, do yourself the duty of watching this movie. Sit down, stay off your fucking phone, smoke a joint if you're feeling it. I don't know if you're feeling it. You might not be feeling it. But get yourself relaxed and get ready to get locked into this movie because it will take you places you didn't know you could go with your mind and with your emotions and everything else. It really is that good of a movie, folks. All right, well, before we get out of here, I want to say thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Journey into Comics. You can check out Journey into Comics every single Monday right here, Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com where you can get all the different shows, whether it's, uh, you know, let's do the list rundown. I like doing the list rundown. You want to do the list rundown with me? Here we go. We got Journey Into Comics, Poor 360, Journey Into Wrestling, Foodies Watching Movies, Adulting Ain't Easy, Podcastrophy, Kids for Sale, Crucial Tunes, The Voice of Survival, Gallif Radio, Brews with Dudes, Dungeons with Dudes, with more to come soon. Make sure you go to the podcastrophypod.podbean.com site, add them, subscribe to them on your iTunes or your Podbeans. Because they also have a new show that's joined our network family, Happy Fun Metal Time with Nick and Dick. It's one of my favorite new shows. They have bands on and talk about metal and do all kinds of crazy stuff. It's exclusive to the podcast or feed now, so if you want to check it out, you have to get them as well. But you can get them as well as the Journey into Comics Network on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and more. Make sure to get us on CastBox. Anywhere you can subscribe to podcasts, you can get us there. All right, folks. You can also go to Pod... Or not go to Podcastrophies. You also can go to the Journey into Comics Patreon at patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us a buck. Early access exclusive content. Give us five for stickers. Ten for some exclusive conversations with me. And more. Go look. You'll find a, a tier that you like, I hope. Let's get some more dinero coming this way. Remember that support I was talking about? Support your friends. Support us. We need it, folks. Also, want to make sure you're checking it out. Listen, you're going to hear interesting bumpers coming down the pipe for the next few weeks on the network here. Don't let them startle you. Don't let them alarm you. We've had some people break into the Journey into Comics Network studios and take hold of our equipment to hype podcasting event that we're doing called fun for funds it's a journey into comics network event it's featuring podcasts from literally podcastery brews with dudes dungeons with dudes and i'm doing a show jic live all those four shows as well as four bands featuring members from the network you've got band number one that's dick's band uh boner jovi that's nick's band walk among us of course that's me sarah and veronica's band You've got Yesterday's Chips featuring Dave Linder of Dungeons with Dudes and uh, Crispy Chips, who frequently guests on multiple podcasts on our network here. So you guys are going to want to check that out. It is $10 to get there, to see the event, to be a part of the experience. Patrick Murray going to be doing some amazing comedy. North End Pub, March 23rd. Doors are early. It's 3 o'clock for Doors because we are going to be doing the live podcast. We do encourage you to show up for the live podcast, interact with the guys on stage and talk and whatnot if you can. Of course, Dungeons with Dudes might be a little bit different depending on what game they play 
live. We'll have to wait and see, folks. But I think that's going to do it for this episode of Journey into Comics. I have been Nate. This is JIC232. As always, you can pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. See you later. Hey, this is uh, Nathan Explosion from Death Clock, and uh, I just wanted to tell you guys about an event coming up in here pretty soon, March 23rd. Fun for Funs is a Journey into Comics Network event. Oh yeah, and it's featuring Lee Pitkiss from Bruise with Dudes, and Pitkiss Trophy, and Dungeons with Dudes, and Journey into Comics. With performances by those jackasses in band number one, also Boner Jovi, Walk Among Us, and Yesterday's Chips. I do not want to say the things about the, the comedians, the ones, the, the big Santa Claus's comedians, them's Patrick's Mercies. It's the live stand-ups guys that will be there at the North in pubs on March 23rd. Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll club, baby. Here to tell you one last thing, man. You might have forgot about it, but doors are open in the three. We're going to have podcasts at four. You're going to pay $10, baby, and it's 21 and up. That's a fact, Jack. Check it out.